0: And
1: we have a we have a very special guest and friend of the podcast, um, maybe all-time reigning champion of yeah. podcast guests for the bearded theologians. We have the most uh holy and high Reverend Matt Rawl with us today.
2: I'm thankful that like, if there's a gold medal to be had, yeah. then I, I get a gold medal from the bearded theologians yeah if, like if not there sports is a related
1: Olympics
2: <laughs> not not any kind of physical prowess or skill set just being alive and breathing into a microphone yeah. if if you know I just can get it. those awards
1: <laughs> that's all that we can give out you know that's right and, that, and that's all I can get that's why we're a great
2: team it's yeah. the only thing you give and it's the only thing I can get so right. there we are we're the basically the Dundees of the podcast world. Oh, so. that's a yes. great deep cut. That's yes. good. That's really good. And and don't think for a minute I'm not going to immediately after we stop talking <laughs> no, and figure out how to make a bearded theologian like a uh, uh, award, like a, yeah. a, a plastic uh, guy a holding a wreath kind of a thing.
0: I've already got one in mind. I'm no. just going to take off one of my little kids, tro- my trophies and peel off the, the, whatever it was like first or second place in T-ball. And I'm going to stick that on there and I'm going to send it to you. And it will that's just amazing. be like a little, little guy playing baseball. And it's that's gonna so say great.
1: Bu- it's going to say bushiest beard. It's going to be great. yes. Oh yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'll work.
2: You do have <laughs> me on that. That's for sure. Well done.
1: It's the Montana effect. That's all it is.
2: That's true. So- Cause it, it is, it is not less than 80 degrees right now. So, I mean, you need to, that's called survival, friends. <laughs> like that's how you get, that's how you walk to the
1: car in the morning, right? right? Good Lord. It's the best. The best. Well, Matt, we have you on as, as always this time of year, because uh, you write phenomenal Advent books and you. uh, you've got a new one coming out this year called Experiencing Christmas. And uh, man, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So, um it's 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 an advent study that kind of jumps
2: into um and marvels at the fact that God has put on flesh uh, and that God uh, now has the same senses in in the person of Jesus, has the same senses that we do. <laughs> uh, and there's some really cool things about that that God can see and God can hear. And, you know, uh, God God knows hunger for the first time, you know, these kinds of things. And there's also, uh, theologically, some pretty interesting things that happen, you know, uh, there's no longer omnipotence uh, uh, when, when God puts on flesh, right? Uh, God only has two eyes and they face forward, you know, so there's, you know, God now has to sleep, you know, these kinds of things. So, Mm -hmm. so fundamentally the, 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 the book is about, yes, how we experience Christmas through sight and sound and music and visuals and, and this kind of thing, but also recognizing that just how vulnerable God makes God's self by being born, you know, being dependent uh, on humanity. And I love to think about, um, you know, God had to rely on humanity in order to save humanity or to heal humanity. Jesus was born to parents, you know, completely dependent on two humans for sustenance and uh, going to school and and all of these things of, of just what a absolute vulnerable love uh, that, that God has for us and, and reveals to us, you know, uh, the first chapter is, is about sight, you know, uh, cause that's one of the first, uh, uh, signals that the season is changing, uh, is the days are getting darker. People put lights, uh, on their, on their home, you know, Matt changes the led in his office, you know, to, to, you know, do Mario or lizards, or I don't know what you have in the background. Oh, it <laughs> says Jesus. Now that's, that's good. Well done. <laughs> Well done. So, sight is one of those first markers that the season is changing, right? Uh, and 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 when we've talked about this before uh, in other works of, of Jesus being the the light of the world and what that means and how that's just kind of a perfect metaphor uh, for who Christ is. So we we kick things off with the visuals of light and, and how that's important and, and the way that that works. I mean, the, the wise men followed a star, right? There's 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 light uh, that that uh, introduces this story.
1: I like that. And and you know, we, we focus a lot on waiting at the beginning of yeah. advent, right? Um, and you know, we we get into it often with prophecy, and then we we hear either Joseph or, or Mary and we hear from John. But I, I think we've I, I love that focus on. We're about to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I I don't. And and just the drama and and real seriousness around the birth of Jesus and what that means and what they have to do just to quite literally survive. Right. Right. And, and there's the, there's this gap between
2: um, uh, anticipation mm-hmm. uh, and expectation. Uh, So in that first chapter, I talk about how Jeremiah, while writing his prophecies, you mentioned prophecies. Jeremiah's writing these prophecies. He's seeing Jerusalem burn (laughs) to the ground, and yet what he sees is a messianic hope. Mm. You know how how do you how do you get there? How do how do you look at at rubble and fire and, and 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 a Babylonian empire coming in and. Be filled with a messianic hope, right? Well, how do you see? Well, and it's it's the difference between anticipation and, and expectation. Anticipation uh, is, is responding to what you already know, right? Muscle memory. Baseball is a great example of this, right? You don't have time to discern if it's a sinker or a slider, right? Yeah, it's yeah. coming at you. So yeah. you, you, have to, you have to lean into muscle memory and you have to anticipate where the ball is. But that is not expectation. Expectation is anticipation that has been imbibed with hope. Hmm. That's the difference. Expectation is a hopeful anticipation. You can anticipate through, through practice and study. Expectation is the activity of the Holy Spirit. You can't prepare for it. You can be in the right place. You can have be in, a, in, a, in an environment that is helpful for the, the Spirit to move, but expectation is the activity of God, right? And, and as I say, when we come for Christmas Eve, when we come to, to worship on Christmas Eve, are are we we anticipate a baby, but are we expecting salvation, right? Mm. What are you seeing uh, in this moment that kind of rounds out uh, the first chapter?
0: Yeah, yeah. I kind of um, so I'm using this for uh, and you and I've been talking using this uh, for my church's Advent series this year, and um, <laughs> the very first line in the first chapter is like, "What's your fondest Advent or Christmas memory?" Uh, so i ask you that. What is your fondest Advent or Christmas memory? Uh, we'll start oh, with either one of you.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, my fondest. Well, um, I'll just go, I'll start with the superficial. <laughs> and the shallow. Let's start there. And then I'll think of some really amazing, deep theological. You got the GI Joe battleship. Didn't you? <laughs> You're That's not wrong. What no, is. what I was going to say. No, 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 no. Shut up. What I was going to say is I got the, I got Optimus Prime one year. It was it. so. <laughs> I mean, I was the coolest kid on the street, man. I got Optimus, like the whole thing, like the trailer yeah. and the deal. And I got—I remember my 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 uh, uh, my dad came home with a, with a big. And now, so we, so Santa comes in in the morning, uh, uh, but in the evening we 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 opened presents as as a kid. And I remember opening Optimus Prime and thinking, like, I am the coolest person <laughs> on this block right now, yo. Like, oh my, so. You know, the, fir- the first thing that comes to mind is not this deep, theological, meaningful moment. It's, I got Optimus Prime. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. You know, I mean, I, I always love the you know, Christmas Eve or, or uh, Silent Night by Candlelight. You know, that's yeah. always, you know, uh, a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And in fact, this, this past year uh, for Holy Thursday, as we were leaving the sanctuary for Holy Thursday, we played Silent Night in a minor key, mm-hmm. which was super haunting. Mm-hmm. And I, I offer that to anyone who is listening, try that because that brings this, it's, it's, it's recognizable just enough for people to say, Oh, right. Cause I, I remember the last time we were here processing out on a high holy day, we were singing silent night and now we're, it's in a minor key and it's just, it's haunting. Yeah. Right. So um, for me, outside of Optimus Prime, I guess, I guess I would have to say, uh, that silent night by eye is always something. It's like Jesus can't be born until that happens. You know, that that's a marker uh, of the season uh, for me, for sure. Zach, what about you?
1: Love that. Um, so so, teenage mutant ninja turtles are are coming back Hello. into style. And I, My son loves teenage mutant ninja turtles. Mine does too. So pumped! Uh, we went and saw the movie, and that dude totally. like yeah, he's going back and watching the old movies. And we were in Target the other day and uh they're making the old school toys like oh, g- packaging everything's the same about them and so going into target now i'm like oh Aww. i'm a kid again like these are the ones that i had and uh, yeah i was like six and would christmas i mean so who, who who are you are you donatello are you leonardo like donatello who, who else are you gonna be come on baby leonardo but okay go
2: ahead Get out of here. Leonardo's uh, the leader. He's fine. fine. He's got the katana blades. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Donatello's he's smart. Get a, and Donatello's he's got Lincoln's a bow staff. It's <laughs> a, a bow staff. What the bow staff dynamite for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It, and you know, I, I can remember going into our living room, all four ninja turtles, April, Splinter, the turtle yes. limp, right? Like my parents hooked me up. Mm-hmm. And and I I think back about that now dude my parents didn't have two nickels man I don't know how they did it I had two other brothers they crushed it at Christmas you know they just my parents showed up you know and walking through the store the other day with my son and looking at all the toys and him being pumped about them it it brought all of that back that's Um, beautiful and it was it was so much fun uh so much fun Franks what about
2: you do you have a
0: uh, do, you a, a holy, a do you have a, a oh, I do holy do you have a holy moment? moment. Yeah. I was oh.
1: like... <laughs> No, yeah, I was just, good with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's great done. Just Ninja Turtles. Just, Ooh, ninja turtles. Great, uh <laughs> ninja turtles. uh yeah. the next year I got the the vanilla ice soundtrack. It was great. Ninja. Uh,
0: go Ninja. So go Ninja. That's right.
1: What it's like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. You can't do more than 10 seconds. We have to pay. No. For it. Uh, no. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, my holy moment. Uh I probably replace replace them every year, right? Because they're just each year mm-hmm. so special and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> moved around a bunch. And so uh, it's just kind of what's right in front of me. But last year, our uh, Wiggle friendly service where we had our kids, uh, I, I read uh, my whole Advent series last year wasn't my role. Uh, it was uh, Matthew Paul Turner. <laughs> That's fine.
2: <funny. laughs> I took us all I'm thankful the... you're branching out.
1: That's good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but still in the in the Matthew wheelhouse. So I mean, uh, <laughs> your, your therapist might have a thing or two to say yeah, about that. for sure. I, I am a uh, I can only remember one person's name, so I. <laughs> but yeah, I did a whole Advent around that, and then for Christmas Eve. Brought all of the kids forward and just write on the story. Uh, very Mr. Rogers style, right? Mm. Sitting in a high back chair, reading the story and just unpacking uh the story of Christmas and what it means and and how how we see, right? How these colors make a difference and an impact in our lives. And uh it's those little things that we pull out of that. It was, it was awesome, man. We had had a whole mess of kids that just sat there and listened and Mm. helped like can, I was just, it was so cool. It's
2: great. Yeah. Yeah. Frank's. So
0: I think mine, uh, you know, growing up was like I had this whole mentality that I was going to ninja and just like, be the, be the first kid because it was like usually if all my siblings were there it was five of us and so like I always had to feel like I had to be the first and so like I would set up where I was asleep you know I did the couple of years where I put the pillows in the bed and act like I was asleep and then like <laughs> yeah. shimmy my way through places and I'd always do that like I'd always try to be the first kid up uh to uh you know be in the space first to see what everybody got and then either kind of either carefully put it back to where like my sisters didn't know that I looked at their stuff and all that, you know, just so that way I could be the, I had to always be the first. And I'll never forget that the one year uh, is my first year or my second year in college. And I had played uh, uh, a Christmas Eve at another church uh, like four hours away. And so I did that at midnight. And then I drove all the way home that night is about four hours away. And so when I got like outside of the outside of my hometown, I called my sisters at like three or four in the morning and said, I'm going to be first. And then I just hung up, (laughs) Uh, you know, And uh, you know, to me it was always about getting there. Like I always loved coming up with ways of like, Mm. how am I going to ninja into the room before Mm -hmm. Santa got there or after Santa got there without, you know, getting caught, you know, that was always my deal. Um, And so that that's the one that always comes to mind is like, I always had to be first to like in the in the living room, uh Christmas Day had to be like there was I remember
2: uh I found new kids on the block tickets in my parents' bedroom one year, and my mother knew that I had found them, and she threatened me within an inch of my life. She goes, if you tell your sisters that they're getting new kids on the block tickets, I'm going to sell you to Montana. I think that's exactly <laughs> what she
0: said something like that it's, i'm I'm it's gonna nothing... I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna sell you to the city in which they buried E.T. in the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's right. E.T.A. Oh, okay. Mogordo, yes. New
1: Mexico. <laughs> and New nothing, Mexico. nothing says Merry Christmas, like I will ship you off. <laughs> I will ship you to the desert.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. It's good. Uh, and, I
0: love that. And my sacred was um in my first appointment, uh, we had at a two-point charge. And the first charge, all they did for Christmas Eve for a very long time was just come and go communion and that was it. And so, and then I would roll into the next church because they kind of just like stacked upon each other. And so what I proposed was we offer that, but then we offer the midnight mass. And then mm. uh and I didn't know how many people were going to show up. Like I was expecting maybe four, four or five people. You know, those people are always there. We had 50 people show up that Sunday, which in that church was wow. huge. And yeah. Like I literally said the first words out of my mouth when, you know, did the welcome. I was like, thank you for the best Christmas gift I could ever receive. And it's always that service is always special to me. It always has been, uh, whether I'm in charge or whether, you know, um, even the years, the couple of years that I wasn't, uh, serving in a church, um, Even if I'd been to services before with Ashley, I would still go to the, um, I would find a midnight service to go to. Cause there's just something about it for me that when I walk out of the church and I know it's Christmas day, like it just, there's just something about that to me that just has that. It's just something that's very uh, spiritual for me. And that's usually, that's always my one thing. Yeah. And and better
2: you than me. I remember when I was an associate, because you can abbreviate associate any way you want. (laughs) I had to do the midnight mass. Or the midnight uh, uh, gathering, and I remember like after that, then going home and then having to put together a bike. And yep. I was like, "This is this <laughs> is baloney." Exactly. That's <laughs> this, exactly
1: what I was thinking. Just two yeah, in the morning, already this exhausted. Is, this is jacked I'll up throw and, back on top.
2: <laughs> and the kids are going. I mean, they're going to be up in three hours anyway.
1: That's you know.
2: right. But that's the thing, you know. So it, praise, right? In in the second chapter uh, of experiencing Christmas, I talk about uh, uh, the sound of praise because there's actually no i mean what is christmas without music i mean right. it, it is it is ubiquitous it's everywhere and it's um uh, uh, voluminous there's tons and tons and tons of songs um but in the christmas story itself uh, there is no music it says the angels uh, uh, said glory to god they they they, they, pr- they were praising and saying uh, glory to god in the highest heaven right that word is is called aineo in greek aineo praising or to praise right so, c- curiously, that word only appears three times in Luke's gospel. So, that's an, there's, there's an intentional move there. The first time is there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising Aeneo and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, uh, peace on earth. You know, uh, The second time that it's used, there was a multitude of disciples when Jesus triumphantly entered into Jerusalem. And they were praising God, Hosanna, right? Aeneo. Right. So there's now there's the multitude of disciples that are acknowledging uh, uh, the glory of God. And then the last time it is used is after the ascension. Uh, when they go, they go home and they, they break bread and they're, it says they're constantly praising, constantly Ineo, you know, or whatever the gerund of Ineo is in Greek. I have no idea. But th- that, that marker is that there are these three pinnacle moments of the story. Jesus's birth, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And then Jesus' ascension, and all of them are mapped with praise and worship, you know. And I love to, especially young clergy, you know, this is such a stressful and trying time uh, in the church, right? Especially if it's the first time you're flying solo and there's all these expectations. And, you, you know, sometimes you have to really buff the golden calf, you know, for mm-hmm. for Christmas and and some of the traditions. and And whatever happens— good, bad, or indifferent, there will still be worship and praise and Jesus will still be born. If there is Aeneo, if there is praise in the season, then you are ushering in Christmas well.
0: That reminds me of like my first Christmas as a clergy person, we had to cancel Christmas Eve because of a severe uh, snowstorm that had come through. And it was so bad that my farmers were even saying, we're not getting out in this. And when I knew it was that bad, Like I have to admit at first I felt a little defeated because I was like, like we had to cancel this. And like, you know, this is my first one. Like, how dare we? Like, this is, this is the one I'd been working towards. Like, I'm really looking forward to this. But what ended up being out of that was we did everything on Sunday and it still happened. Like it was still really cool. Uh, It was just, it was a great experience in itself, but like. You're right. It doesn't matter like uh, he's still coming regardless. What how right. do we prepare uh doesn't matter. It's it's still happening. Right. Uh, and you know I think of those moments like and that's something I always lean into especially now living in Colorado like there may be a situation where we may have to adapt Christmas Eve because of the weather. And mm-hmm. um and so what would that look like and and you know now we're in an age where that can happen like in a different way. Um and can be meaningful. Um and so yeah, that ad- adaptivity is really key uh in the season because I think sometimes we have that high expectation and it's like you can actually do it really easy, like you don't have to stress yourself out about it.
2: And I'm I'm a bit jealous that you, you have the kind of weather that would necessitate canceling a Christmas. Yeah. We can't so we we typically have three we have one service this time, but we typically have uh like a four o'clock traditional a six o'clock contemporary and then a bonfire at like eight o'clock, something like that. Two years ago, we canceled the bonfire because it was too hot. It was, it was like 74 and raining. It was just like, this is disgusting. So we we're like, I don't think we should do the bonfire. Like this is who wants to sit around a bonfire in 75 degree weather. It's gross. You know? So like, what, what is snow? You know, I've only seen snow. <laughs> Like five times in my life and twice that's from airplanes, like going to a connecting flight in Chicago or something like that. It's ridiculous.
1: Uh, I'll be sure to blow up your phone between now and Easter uh, with plenty of snow. I
2: appreciate Zach, the, the, the constant screenshots of your weather that you text me uh, at random uh, moments throughout my day. That's um, it's kind of hurtful and rude, um, <laughs> but, but memorable. Yeah, You know, I mean, that's, I just,
1: feel, I just feel like, you know, uh, you should experience Christmas and we had the perfect Christmas weather. So yeah. I'm just trying to gear, gear you up. For this I appreciate day. that. That's very thoughtful of you. <laughs> You're always thinking of me. That's, that's, I, kind. that's I really kind. I really yeah. am. I really am. Especially when it's, uh, below freezing. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, that's true. Like, you know, call me in January, big boy.
1: I know? Know. <laughs> call it's me. my favorite time I of can't. year. <laughs> yes.
2: The phones don't work. Yeah. I'd love to work. call you in January. I can't. Sorry. Too cold. Yeah. Uh, so no, chapter I, three. I, oh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go
1: ahead. No, go for chapter three. Go for yeah.
2: Three. So chapter three, and, and this was the chapter that I wrestled with the most, because in the first chapter we have we have sight. Second chapter we have sound. Like those are easy. The third chapter was taste. I was like, hmm. I want, what? What do I do with this? You know. So I was uh, sitting in my office, and it, and it took me way too long to come to this realization. And this is embarrassing, uh, but it, it took me way too long to come to this realization that at some point uh, that first, uh, Christmas Eve, the first Noel, uh, Mary nursed Jesus. Uh, and I never considered that or thought about that. Um, and it's, like I said, it's taken me an embarrassingly long amount of time (laughs) to even consider that as part of the Christmas story. So I was in my office and I wondered, I was wondering if there was like some kind of, uh, feast day or something that recognized this, this first feeding, because I, I kind of dove into it saying like, you know what? Is this could this be like the beginning of the Eucharist here? I mean, Mary with her body is sustaining Jesus, who then sustains us through grace with his body uh, uh, through through the Eucharist and, and, and Holy Communion. I thought this certainly there's some kind of marker or recognition of this first Eucharist or, or the or the reciprocity of of Eucharist. So I went uh, up the street to Saint Jude's uh, Catholic Church, just up the street from from where I am uh, in Bozeman City. Uh, and, and I, I went to talk to the priest, like totally unannounced, you know, just like knocked on the door and like, I need a priest. And like, oh, no, there's a homeless man who wants, <laughs> who wants a handout from the priest. Uh, and I, I waited for like an hour and a half, like, cause he was, there was a worship service going on and he was also talking to another couple, uh, about giving, uh, to the church. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt that, right you yeah. know, <laughs> um, so I'm just like waiting, waiting in the lobby or whatever. And finally, you know, I meet with him and. And I, I lay out the whole thing and he's like, huh? He goes, you know, there isn't a, an an official recognition of the first feeding, you know, or, or the, or the weaning of Jesus. You would, you would think that there's some kind of marker right. there and there's not, it was funny because like, who is this Protestant Yahoo from up the road, like schooling me on, on whether or not there should be this recognition of, of like this proto Eucharistic moment, you know, in the story. And here's the fun part about it is like, I'm, I'm having this, this revelation and I know that, that. Uh, women have had this revelation for years before me. It's like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about <laughs> nursing a baby before? This is incredible. You know, and I'm, I'm having this this revelation, uh, and the reason that I had to wait so long to see the priest is because they were celebrating uh, the Immaculate Conception
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, of of Mary's conception uh, mm-hmm. from from her mother. So it's just really super interesting that it was the day. It was it was either the Annunciation or the Immaculate Conception. Um, uh, but it, it was a day that they were already celebrating Mary. So there was something in the ether that day that made me super mindful of Mary, but mothers in general. And this idea that um, uh, when we when we talk about the sense of taste of what a holy moment that must have been uh, uh, to nurse God. <laughs> I mean, right. it's just such, I, I, I can imagine the intimacy and the fear, right? The, the fear and the intimacy and and, and all of those things uh, and 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 I think there's nothing that officially marks that because the church is still uncomfortable with Jesus's full humanity. <laughs> and it, and know.
1: I think that's what it is, right? There's there's sure. a bit of there's a lot of uncomfortable bits there, right? And and we don't just as a society we don't do uncomfortable well, right? It's why we don't right. grieve well. It's why we don't, you know, it's why we don't do a lot of things well. Um, but one are, thing I like to say is is
2: you know, if if you have a crucifix, or or if you have a picture, or and I have a a crucifix in my, in my office, mm-hmm. uh, and and if Jesus is clothed, you're mm-hmm. already sanitizing humanity, right. right? Jesus wasn't clothed during the crucifixion. The whole the whole point of crucifixion was to humiliate you to the point of death, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we are so yeah, we we cover Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, and and we kind of scrub the humanity of it all. Yes, we get the divine part, like we we worship, we we do mm-hmm. lift high the cross, and you know, we 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 do that really well uh and and so how how can our own humanity be informed with the full humanity of christ right you know uh so yeah i mean it's it's there there's this there's a messiness to the christmas story mm-hmm. that can be completely sanitized uh and forgotten and, and the messiness of that is is fear mm-hmm. it's a first time mom giving birth somewhere in bethlehem i <laughs> just you know right. There, there there's that, and then there's also the the beauty and the intimacy of mm-hmm. of of that that first feeding, you know and and what what that you know and I love how scripture all it says is is Mary treasured and pondered. you know right. and I think it's because words just don't work in those moments. you know the only thing you can do is to treasure and ponder uh, uh, this moment. so there there's a messy holiness uh, that comes with uh, Christmas Eve for sure, right.
1: Um, I often like to think uh, <laughs> about that, but also the moments where Mary and Joseph were like, it's your freaking turn. Um, <laughs> I changed this dude an hour ago. Right. It's your turn. Mary,
2: I'm trying to watch the game. I'm so tired <laughs> of having
1: to change these diapers. Yeah,
2: for sure. In, I mean, in I, do, the, in that, I love that. Like, cause right. also with taste is like, did Jesus have a preferred food? Right, you know the, these really very very human things. I mean, did he say like, "Mom, really Mediterranean again"? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, were the more like grape leaves again, Mom? Seriously, like the, the, these really human mm-hmm. moments that that become scandalous, frankly, because I think we're uncomfortable in our own skin, right? Uh, right. As 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 God's children, right. you know. Uh, but absolutely, and, and taste that chapter at least in the book really dives into the humanness of it all, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to imagine, you know, Jesus having a preference of of, of food and and this this proto Eucharistic moment, the res- the reciprocity mm. uh, of, of all of that uh, really brings, like I said, a, a messy holiness yeah. uh, to our to our Christmas experience, right?
1: Well, and, and along with taste, it, it, for us, even just in our own lives, comfort food's a big deal, right? Especially around the holidays, uh, whether it be Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or Christmas or birthdays or or whatever special events, sure. taste is a big deal. Um, yeah. It's tea cakes in our house, man. Uh, tea cakes? Wife, is that what tea, you said? Yeah, tea cakes. Um, just simple little cookies. And uh, my wife and her mom, all the years she was growing up, they'd watch Meet Me in St. Louis. And bake tea cakes. And it wasn't Christmas until that happened. Yeah. And uh, especially now that my mother-in-law is gone, mm. that's a big thing in our house is to Yeah, just, a marker of
2: holy moments. Yeah. Yeah put, yeah,
1: put the apron on and make some tea cakes, get the kitchen dirty, watch Meet Me in St. Louis, and and just do the thing that we do. Uh, and it's taste. It, it comes back mm. to just those moments of, yeah, just holy moments and, and taste bring that back up in people uh same sameys
2: though it's it's white Christmas on on our end, yeah, right. Thanks. I mean, with until Bing Crosby sings white Christmas, <laughs> yes. Santa's not coming. you know nope. what I'm saying? Like well, uh,
0: I mean, for me, it's it's Scrooged. Like I can't. Oh I, yeah, I, it's not Christmas until <laughs> I watch Mary. Scrooge. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna That's lie. a good movie. And, and, it and is Ash, a good movie. I will tell you. Like last year, like I had a hard time finding it last year, and I was kind of getting upset because I couldn't oh, watch. Yeah. Like I have to have that, like at least once in the season, because it just it makes it rings true to me. Uh, exactly. And, and you know, for for taste, like uh, there's just something about peppermint, the peppermint bark stuff, mm-hmm. that just like. Mm-hmm. I don't like peppermint any other time of the year, but this season. Yeah. Sure. And, and yesterday my daughter and I were doing grocery shopping and she, we walked by some of that cause I kind of already had a deal there and she's like, Oh, it's that season. Isn't it dad? I said, yeah, yes, it fun. is. It was a fun. So, you know, I, I, you know, we think about taste and, and <laughs> what's funny is, is like, I'm actually flipping this in the chapter. So this will be chapter two for us. Like this is the oh, second cool. week yeah. for us. Cause we're going to do it during communion. Like the second Sunday for us falls on communion. Mm. So what a better way to talk about taste than on the Sunday we're doing communion. And, and for me, there's always this line that I remember from a long time ago, United Methodist uh, communications and the board of discipleship put out this, uh, this little DVD on communion and they mm. were interviewing this one little girl and she said, "Jesus tastes good." And they <laughs> yes. asked her what she thinks about communion, yeah, sure. And ever since that moment, I just think of Jesus tastes good. Like we want Jesus to taste good, yeah uh, in this season, and whether it's we offer communion. Like one of the things we do in our high holy seasons here is we offer communion after the service mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday mornings. And then on the the big communion day, we do we do it all together. But, it's really, it's been really cool to see how people really love having that. And I've already had people say you're taking communion right after every service this year. Right. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And, and there is that sense of like,
2: only if you pay your tithe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a box at the door that you have to, you know, giving, yeah. And that's what I do every Sunday is, is, is my
2: invitation to communion is taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, In terms of taste, like I, this is embarrassing, but I'm going to say it uh, to your 12 listeners. The um, gingerbread latte at Starbucks is just, there's, oh, it's like a hug from the inside, man. Like it doesn't feel like Christmas until I have, and I know that's so like urban and dumb and it's like six bucks for like, you know, a medium coffee but there's something about something in the way, right? There, there's something about the gingerbread latte at Starbucks. And I know that's awful, but it is legit. And yeah. once I have that first one, it's like, okay, we can now, we can now start talking about Christmas. Yeah. We can you do that. That's what it is for me. We
0: can do this. I, I mean, now that. as an adult, it's the Christmas beers. Am uh, not going to lie? <laughs> when I saw that, um, uh, the Christmas beers were coming on the shelf. Like I was like, it's getting closer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bring the hops. (laughs) Bring them. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the last chapter, uh, we'll 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 get there. Uh, The last chapter is about touch, Uh, and especially you know we talk about the humanness of mess, you know the messiness of humans. Um, uh, Touch is one of those things that has to be treated very very intentionally, right? Uh, And and one of the things I discovered in in Luke's Gospel is there are only two times when Jesus's body is fully embraced, Mm. which is super interesting to me. The first is with Simeon uh, in the temple when Jesus is a baby. I mean, certainly Mary held him and certainly Joseph held him. But Luke is making a point here that the the only mention of someone holding Jesus as a child uh, is with Simeon uh, and Jesus's dedication. Now my eyes have seen your salvation. You know, let your servant depart in thy peace. Uh, And it's this beautiful moment where Jesus's entire self is being embraced in the temple. And then this moment of, of this is it, right? Simeon and Anna... Both kind of have this moment of, and it's almost like Adam and Eve, like Simeon and Anna in the temple with Christ. There's this really kind of Adam and Eve moment of, of now, now we can rest, you know, now we can finally rest. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. the The only other time where Jesus's full body is embraced is uh, Joseph of Arimathea taking Jesus off of the cross. Uh, and look, and that that is more explicit in Luke than it is in in the other Gospels. Of they they took the body down. There's this idea of. Uh, embracing that, and again, like that makes you unclean. Like there's 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 a vulnerability there. And what I think Luke intends to suggest with this is that if we embrace Jesus, we have to embrace the whole picture, the whole story. Right? The Apostles' Creed isn't enough. Uh, we have to talk about the miracles. We have to talk about Jesus's hunger and lament for Jerusalem. We have to talk about a uh, healing of the blind man, but also Jesus getting really upset. Um, how long, how long must I be with you? You know, these kinds of things. There's flipping over tables, but there's also embracing uh, the woman uh, who's been suffering for 12 years. Mm -hmm. You know, if we are to follow Jesus, (laughs) uh, if we are to be Christian, uh, we are to embrace the fullness of that story, fully divine, fully human birth to the empty tomb, you know, uh, kind of a story. So uh, in that last chapter, talking about touch, I, I, I often during Advent, uh, do an inventory of what 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 has what has occupied your hands this week? Uh, is it is it uh, the plastic of your keyboard, right? Is it the glass of your phone? Uh, could it be that uh, it is the embrace of another, right? right? Let's do an inventory of what is occupying our hands, and that gives us a really good indication of how it is with our soul, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, if I have not embraced another human since last t- Sunday we met, you know. Uh, what's going on there? I'm not saying that it's your fault or their fault or whatever. It's just, hey, what's going on there? Let's 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 think about that because for some, they they live uh, alone, right? And and there's this because we pass the peace every Sunday with with Holy Communion, and there is a and it's an introvert's nightmare, and I understand that. <laughs> like it's there's some people and they and because I do surveys every now and again, worship surveys, like, hey, how's it going? What's what would you like? And every there's like, could you please stop doing passing the piece? Like, <laughs> please stop. I don't want to, you know. And, and it's so funny. Because like from the pulpit looking out into the sanctuary, the left side of our sanctuary, that must be where all the extroverts sit. Because even when I try to like convene them back, like they're still talking, Rest, they're sharing recipes. You know, they're talking about the game. You know, they're making plans for a spring break, you know, and they just, they're just all over the place. And, and like the whole right side of the sanctuary is like calmly standing there waiting for all the intro, for all the extroverts to finish. You know, it's so yeah. fantastic. You know, so... Uh, you know, touch, touch is something that, that we don't talk enough about um, uh, the good of it, uh, the bad of it. Right. Cause, cause for some touches is, is something that, that, that violates and it's too close and it's too much, you know, uh, and the church much like uh, uh, messing or, or wrestling with the messiness of humanity uh, touch is part of that too. Uh, and the church has to wrestle, wrestle with that and be a good steward of that and, and to communicate uh, to communicate that well.
1: I love, uh, it's, it's at the end of John, uh, when the disciple whom Jesus loves reclines into Jesus's chest, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite, favorite moments of, of really Jesus embracing others. Um, but just that full, um, willingness to one relaxed, to be present Mm -hmm. and just settle into, into the chest of christ i mean i could imagine after all of that sitting on that beach and just going yeah okay uh, we can do yeah. this <laughs> yeah and then having sure. all of that upturned and him being like go do the things <laughs> please yeah Jeez. for sure i taught you all of the things please go do it yeah um, go feed my sheep please yeah <laughs> <Please laughs> go feed my sheep please go do it <laughs> so uh but yeah, I mean, you see those moments throughout, um, and I think we miss a lot of them. I, sure. I think we miss a lot of of spoke, or written moments. Um, you know, uh, the lady touching, touching, you know, the corner of his robe. Um, yeah, folks embracing him in very minimal ways, um, mm-hmm. and then the really un, unwritten or unspoken ones. Yeah, you know that that Mary and Joseph held him. You know that they sure. passed them around the temple. You know, you know, Elizabeth and and they they all got their chance to hold on to them, right? And just cuddle them and snuggle them and you know do do the things we do with babies, right? Um and hey, I hey Elizabeth, I, uh,
2: John John is running me up a wall. Can we do a play date? Can we like, <laughs> right? please Jesus and John together, please? Yeah, you yeah. know, stop
1: Sorry. walking on water. Come back in the house. That's, and that's why we don't have the gospel of Thomas because you get that stuff. You get (laughs) that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I think it, I think you're exactly right. It brings the humanity, um, back into the fully divine, uh, this season that I think we lose in other, in other ways. And then sometimes we're uncomfortable with it. Right. Because it's, uh, we don't want to talk about that. Uh, you know, at least publicly, we can think about it and it gives us the worm and fuzzies and, um. but yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how um how we experience Christmas mm-hmm. in really real and tangible ways rather than get lost in in what Christmas has become as a as a society and as a culture?
2: Right. And that's uh, really the, the the point when you get to the end of the book is yeah. is what is it about? what what is that experience mm-hmm. of Christmas that really uh, matters to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we always uh, kind of as a as a postlude, uh, the Sunday after uh, Christmas, uh, it's called Carols and Cocoa uh, in our congregation. And I ask the same question every year, like, what has to happen? What do you have to experience for you to have experienced Christmas? Like, what is that to you? Is it family has has come to the house? Is it uh, the house is clean and the, and the tree is there? And finally, you know, there's there's this moment of peace. Is it you're constantly traveling? You know, is it a particular song? Is it a taste? Is it a smell, Right. What is it that marks that Christ is born to you? And that's really by the end of by the end of this study and and by the end of this book is what is it about Christmas that you must experience uh, to reveal to you that Christ is born? And then take that and share that, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be overly theological. It doesn't, but it's you. It's your story. It's part of who you are share that. And that's when evangelism and sharing good news takes care of itself, because you're so excited about the thing that speaks to you. You can't help but go tell that on the mountain, you know what I'm saying? So the, the, the book eventually points us to like, what is that singular experience of Christmas that matters to you, that you then without embarrassment, uh, and, and with reckless abandon, uh, that is what you go tell from the mountaintops right so that's eventually where uh where we get with with the study
0: well and you brought up a good point on on touch and we we are now in a space where um loneliness is one of the biggest things that's has come up absolutely um in our society because of covid and you know just a lot of things and mm-hmm. and that touch component of church is so important um mm-hmm. that i think sometimes gets lost because of introverts and i'm not, i'm not like I, I do not like those times. However, I use those times as an opportunity for me to see somebody that I wouldn't see that wouldn't greet me at the end of the service or new people that may Mm. come in. I'm very intentional about that time. I never talk to the same people uh, Sunday after Sunday because I've watched pastors get in a rut of just talking to the same five or six people. Uh, I'm very intentional about who I see. Mm. Uh, Maybe it's someone that hasn't been in the space in a while. And just hey, I'm glad to see you today. So yeah, good to yeah. see you. Extend a hand, shake their hand. You know, uh. And and w- once I made it to be something intentional, it really did away for me. It it, it took back the. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be the introvert pastor that just walks through and just says, mm, "Hi, hey, uh, yeah." Uh, but I I I tell my hospitality and ushers that that my intentionality of this is to see people that I haven't seen in a while, to get to, yeah. to meet the new people in a way that I wouldn't uh, in in the passing line, uh, or um, just to reach out to those that uh, I know that, Hey, you know, I know you lost somebody this week. Um, We're just glad that you're here. Um, you know, that kind of pastoral care moment, uh, that five minutes that we allot is such a crucial thing for what we do on Sunday mornings of making mm-hmm. those connections that I think sometimes gets lost in the, well, we don't want to do this because it just, you know, um, and, and I know me just the way that I am. I judge how long that time is going to be based off of what I know I'm going to preach, how long the sermon's going to be. And Mm. so if I know it's not a long sermon today, then I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to give them more time. They need it. Like, and, Mm. and, and creating that space to be intentional about what we do in that moment can give, make people feel like, you know, Hey, like, I heard uh, we had a guest the other or two weeks ago say, you know, this is the most welcoming church we've ever been in. And part of me thinks like, how? Like, you know. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. the greeting time.
2: You need to get out more. Yeah, <laughs> like uh,
0: uh, the greeting time. You know, that was that was key for them. Uh, and you know, touch is so important uh, in the life of the church that I think we forget that, oh. uh, mm. and we it becomes one of those hard things that we don't want to talk about because we have to be real. Like there are situations where touch has, has done harm. However, um, I think that that extending of a hand or, you know, just the side hug or, you know, and everybody in my congregation laughs, like every congregation i ever knows I'm not a hugger, but they know that I will hug, uh, in the right moments. And so sure. last Sunday I, uh, uh this woman hugged my wife and my kids. And then I was like, well, okay. And so I gave her a big old hug. And she was, you know, you could tell she was a little taken back. And I said, hey, you know, uh, just because I don't like to do it doesn't mean I won't do it. Uh and so I think in a sense of touch when we think of Christmas, like there are things that we touch, you know, the chrismons the oh sure, uh, you know, the um, you know, if you do evergreen needles, yeah, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. that stuff is so important. Um, it's something like, I know when we put up our Christmas tree at home, I love looking at the ornaments that we have. Cause some of them are ones that I had as a kid,
2: Oh um, or wow.
0: some of them are some that my mom gave us. Or, um, I always, um, when we put our tree skirt on, my mom made our tree skirt. And, uh, ever since my mom has passed, that to me is something the most important part of the tree uh even though we have like a little charlie brown christmas tree and it's actually built for like a six foot tree you know we still find a way to make that stuff work and 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 you think of like in our worship spaces we use the nativity like you know do you have the kids touch the nativity you know the one that they can touch not the porcelain one that you know was given (laughs) 20 years ago or uh but you know like how you know creating that space of touch in 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 advent in is I think is something uh, to really lean into because there's so much there that we can touch and mm. and, and experience
2: oh for sure um uh it, not only with the yeah the, the the Christmas tree and the and the ornaments um but the 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 embrace of another human uh the cold right mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's a definitive seasonal change you know and, and 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 I hope that makes us mindful of those uh who don't have shelter right mm-hmm. Uh, the touch, the the constant touch of cold uh, that they're experiencing uh, during the season, yeah, all all of that is is uh, amazingly important. And I hope that this this idea of God putting on flesh, right, and and walking among us makes us mindful uh, of other humans uh, and their story and their need for embrace, their need for comfort, uh, and their need for
1: for justice. You know, and that's really. It's really uh, where we end up. Yeah, I love that. Um, just that fullness of, like you said, bringing the humanity back into very divine moments uh, and paying really close attention to that, um, you know, sets up sets us up for the rest of the year, right? Mm-hmm. I think we do that well at Easter, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know that we do that so well at Advent. And uh, putting some special focus on that, I think, is pretty sacred. So good job, well yeah. done, sir. Thanks, Thanks. thank you. Uh, Thank I got to ask, though, uh, for both of you guys, what what has to happen? What has to happen for Christmas uh, for you to have experienced Christmas? Uh, I need to hear
2: you? Wham! at least 14 times.
1: <laughs> right? That is not if, enough. If
2: that doesn't, you know,
1: <laughs> last Christmas
2: gave you my heart, like until that <laughs> happens, yeah. Uh, you, Mary's just got to hold on, you know, can't can't have Jesus born. No, what is what is the one thing? I mean, I mean part of, part of that is 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 the white Christmas and and, and, and that and that gathering. Uh, for me, um, it doesn't feel like Christmas happens until I have that moment of peace, mm-hmm. because the season is so hectic. Mm-hmm. And Advent, I think it's hilarious that we keep talking about we must wait, we must wait, as we're doing like fifty thousand yes. <laughs> different new things. Um, you know, but it, it happens at some point, like at ten a.m. on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. right? Where The gifts have been opened. Breakfast has been had. uh, There's nothing on the agenda for another day and a half, something like that, where it's just like there's this moment of, okay, we can now put 2023 Mm -hmm. in the file. You know, there's this that kind of a moment of for good or ill, it's over, (laughs) right? Um, So that moment of breathing uh, uh, is, is really helpful, at least for me. Uh, uh, for the season to really feel and to do, it takes me a long time to get into the season. I mean, cause I'll listen to Christmas music for several weeks. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's rolling now. Uh, uh, and that's fine. You can hate me for that. That's fine. I'll I'll you for it. It. I'm here for it. He yeah, loves yeah. it. November I'm... one, first song that played Wham. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we take off our Halloween mask, you know, it's like yep. fire it up Yep, and fire wham up. Yep. Uh, and then and then Paul McCartney after that uh to wish us a wonderful christmas time. That's right. Uh and then Elton John step into christmas. Uh <laughs> yeah, so it, it takes me a long time to feel Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Uh uh and and that's just part of my personality. Like if there's a a 3-day clergy retreat it's going to take me a day and a half even to get in the mood to to be there. So there's this moment where finally, you know, after christmas happens, now it feels like christmas. At least and and that's 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 me. You know, this is me. I
0: like it. Matthew. I'm not gonna lie. It's when we, uh, when we light the first advent candle. Mm. Um, and that's just it for me. Like that's when it hits. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter what I do up until that point, you know, how many times I decorate all that stuff. Like when it really hits is when we have, people up there saying whatever liturgy we're using that year and just having that first candle lit and just like that's when it hits me uh and that's when i get excited about it um uh i'm i'm one that we don't play christmas music until we come back from thanksgiving uh that's just you jerk i know why (laughs) hey there's some good thanksgiving songs i mean adam sandler's thanksgiving adam sandler adam sandler (laughs) (laughs) adam sandler on repeat
1: (laughs) Oh, if God. you say that just the theme song to the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving movie, I'm going to throw
0: a book through my screen. Uh, there's also, I mean, I- I'll go indigenous here and I, I play powwow music. Uh, you, would. The- <laughs> you would. you I'll just ask my daughter. There have been times where she's like, dad, you can't you can't play that as you're dropping me off. I'm like, watch me. Hell, I, I can't. <laughs>
2: That's mm-hmm. awesome. No, 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 okay. Thanksgiving music. And this is not apropos to experiencing Christmas, uh, but of course I have a playlist of, of Thanksgiving music and uh, it, it takes a very specific, it's very like mountain folk, simple gifts, kind of a vibe. So mm-hmm. I dig, I dig Thanksgiving music. So there, I mean,
1: there's, there's much love there, you know? <laughs> yeah. love it. Uh, I think for me, it's become the blue Christmas service. Um, oh yeah, creating space—just uh, so so important uh, in in the things that that we do. And it's yeah, it's so become that space of let's just take a minute to actually slow down, process mm-hmm. the year, process the grief and tension, and and all of the things that we're holding on to that don't make this season fun, that make the season really really hard. Yeah. Um, and and for me, it's become we we have to do that first before we can settle into the fullness of what the season is. Cause it's a both and um, sure. it's a damn hard season and it's a damn fun season. Yeah. Um, but I, it can't be fun if we ignore the, the, the hard parts. And so that has become sacred, sacred space for me. And uh, it really, really has to happen before it feels like Christmas.
2: Yeah. And ours, we would call it the longest night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my, uh, one of my associates, Tommy, his name's uh, Tommy Moore. Uh, does an excellent. He does that service, and he does an amazing job. Uh, the last several, I mean, it, it's it's raw and it's it's emotional, and um, I mean, he's just it's it, and that that is one of my favorite services. Um, one because I'm not preaching; and I'm, right. I'm just kind of enjoying <laughs> it and, and, and being in there. But the way that he is able to hold space, right, and to give people permission to grieve is is really remarkable. And he does it. He does a fantastic job with that service for sure. That that is for sure a highlight.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a big service for me. And it I know it's one of those that no matter what size church I serve, six people are going to show up. Right. Yeah. No, sure. It yeah, is, yeah. It is truly sacred space. Mm-hmm. Uh well, I love
0: it. I'll well, I'll do we, it if
1: nobody shows up and I'll just sit in the sanctuary and cry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. For
0: this year or the last two years here at Castle Rock, we actually have our Stephen ministers lead the bulk of the service. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and one, it gives them uh, some, some FaceTime for people to see Stephen ministers. And we actually do some work with having, making that a thing, let people know that that's available. Or if they, if that's something they feel like that they want to be a part of that, here's how to go about that too. Um, and that went, that went over so well last year that they were like, we have to do that again this year. And like, I was like, all right, I kind of already planned on that. So we'll, uh, we'll get working on that I mean that's just to me that service itself has become almost as important as Christmas Eve just because mm-hmm. there's so many people who struggle with this season and grieve in this season that why can't the church offer that space to and and needs to
2: and in terms of the the intimacy and the intentionality of that it's one of our only services that we don't stream right uh, we actually yep. turn the tech off and it's 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 lit with candles and it's um you know as much as I love technology and chad gpt and and being in the metaverse and and this kind of thing uh we turn all of it off for longest night right very tangible very human very down to earth mm-hmm. feet on the ground you know kind of a kind of a thing it's it's powerful
1: yeah we we leave the tech on for ours and our ash wednesday service but there's no visual focal there's no person up front everything oh, yeah. comes wow. from cool. off it's very uh, tisay yeah yeah you know um but we know that there's people that because we live in Montana can't show up because of snow and ice and, and weather. And it's already been dark for 17 hours by the time that service comes (laughs) around. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So we, we, we do, we're intentional about leaving that stuff on, but not having a person up front um, to break that, that, that space. So, yeah, I I think it's really cool. All of those just really intentional, tangible ways that we uh, settle into this season.
2: Mm.
0: We also have a Stephen Minister who lives in uh Illinois uh and still does a lot of great work out of Illinois and is very remote for us. Uh and actually one of the things I'm trying to figure out how we can do this year is to have him actually have a part where we would, you know, show him on the screen where he would actually do one of the readings. Uh because oh, that's cool. be a great way to have him involved as well. Um and so uh, but it is very uh dark and blue. Like I'm very intentional about it being very dark and blue in there. Uh, I definitely work on creating a space of low light and just intimacy that, uh, makes it even more special. So Zach, what else did we have on the,
1: uh, the question list for, you know, I, I really just want to end this with something that, that Matt wrote, uh, Mm. in the first few pages here, because I have Amazon pulled up in the free copy. Um, because that's the you need to buy cheap I am. Yeah, 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 come on, man! God I,
0: bless. I got a, How
2: am I going to buy Optimus Prime for my kids? <laughs> this year? I got year? enough books. I have. I mean, up here. I have
0: mean, got the book. I've got the leader's guide. <laughs> you got all the colors, man. You got. I've the got green, the digital the red, thing uh, the white. for all that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: I love it. Uh, you wrote, uh, "The creation unfolds through the repetition of uh, these two actions: God said, and God saw." I can almost imagine that God's eyes were closed in the first utterance of let there be, and maybe there really wasn't much to see anyway. With eyes closed, God speaks. And then when God's voice ceases to reverberate through the cosmos, God opens divine eyes and sees that the light is good. I love that line. Um, I think that's a really, really important way to step into Advent.
2: Isn't that, it's just, it's a beautiful thought. And it?
1: it is, <laughs> of, I know. I, know. I, I'm sorry. I had to read your own words to you. No, that's a. Okay. Really it good. sounds great. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised I wrote that. That's a, that's a nice, that's,
2: that's, that's, it's got a nice rhythm to it. I, I appreciate that. But it's so, it's so beautiful. God, it's so beautiful to think that, that almost, you know, God, uh, with God's eyes closed, speaks, mm-hmm. let there be light. And then kind mm-hmm. of this moment, yeah. oh my God, this is so good. You know, almost a playful, right? Beautiful moment. Yeah, 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 For sure.
1: And and then you lean into Jesus opening his eyes and birth and the cry, you know, all of that it you paint a beautiful picture, my friend. Good job. I I appreciate that. Yeah. You can buy the book too. Next year. Uh yeah. (laughs) He'll use it next year. I'm always a year behind on your stuff, man. Yeah.
2: You can (laughs) buy the book wherever fine books are sold.
1: That's right. Yes. I'll just get a free copy from from Matthew over there. That's right. You can do that too. That's fine. I might have
0: I might have one I can share with you. Uh <laughs> no, I'll, it might be I'll highlighted in. There might <laughs> not be notes written <laughs> in the margin. I'll write funny notes in it just so I can see if Perfect. you actually read it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so Zach, go to mattrawl.com and Perfect. you can buy it from Christian Book. You can buy it from Cokesbury, Amazon, Barn. You can find find it lots of places. Anyone can not. find it in lots of places for sure
1: where wherever you buy your books if you put hashtag bearded theologians in, you'll get nothing uh there's no problem that's right. there's no <laughs> discount code there's nothing right you get a url error yes <laughs> 404 page not found
0: uh <laughs> or you get the uh, uh suspicious uh right. <laughs> suspicious uh web block uh, uh, saying that you shouldn't go here yeah. um you know matt we, we definitely thank you for coming on uh yeah. we uh love having you on and the invitation is always open for you uh, sure. i mean uh you can be you can be our south correspondent and you can just tell <laughs> us about the weather and today uh, it's
2: 75 <laughs> here on christmas eve rainy
0: day uh, bonfires canceled
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the bonfires canceled
0: at asbury united methodist church cuz it's too damn hot on christmas eve uh So, yeah, uh, you know, we thank you for your time. Uh, For our listeners, uh, like Matt said, just go to his website and uh, pick up uh, his, not only that book, but all the other books that he has. I'm sure that's on his, those are on his websites too. He's got some amazing books to use uh, for those uh, leaders that are looking for uh, something to use in their church. Um, And, you know, just thank you for listening and and continue to uh, check us out on beardedtheologians.com where you can find... All like, I think six now, uh, Matt Rawl videos yep. uh, that we yep. have up. Hey, uh, you, you know, they're all there. Just search them in the search bar and you'll find them. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a great way to connect with us. And don't forget to go to our website and click the uh, buy some gear and uh, pick up some gear. Oh, like,
2: uh, like I have my like right here. Here's some swag. Yeah, it's on go. my brainstorm journal. For those who are going to click Let's on the it. video, uh, beardedtheologians.com sticker on my brainstorm journal. There you yeah. go. There mm. it is. I'm a fan. I'm a yeah. fan.
0: <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, we thank our listeners for listening. And for that, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video. And put that thumb, I that push that thumbs up.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.